to two prakim uh, that, uh, with God's help, uh, we see that they actually belong together. I accidentally put them together on purpose. Um, I wanted to uh, dedicate this shir uh, to Mora Barber's uh, dear husband, Benjamin ben Menachem Mendel, uh, who was a leader in the Jewish people. Uh, we miss uh, his presence, uh, and we certainly miss uh, his inspiration and the leadership that he provided. Uh, Hashem should have Aliyah, and uh, Barbara and her family should all see wonderful nachas from each other. Did you bring his paper? Um, so, uh, tonight's shir uh, is, uh, will reveal another dimension uh, to Shayahu Anavi. And it seems that every other week we're seeing yet another dimension of the man. And I'm going to begin with asking you a question that I'll ask you to think about. Uh, because one of the things, in the course of the year, because uh, as much as last week, remember, the whole world was shaking up, uh, the, we were at the end of the days, uh, and there was, it was a gory and a very powerful peric. And today, uh, we've seen Yeshayahu, the poet, before, but now we're going to see Yeshayahu and hear him in a very different kind of intimate uh, prayerful way. Um, when we learned Melachim, we had opportunity to talk about the Navi as, as a mitpalel, as the prophet is somebody who's, who's, a, who's davening. And this is really Yeshayahu davening. And the question I want to ask you to think about, and I'll come back to it because I, I'm telling you right now, I don't really have an answer for you. I'll be interested to hear what you say. Is what does this parak teach us about Yeshayahu's relationship to Hakadosh Baruch Hu? Uh, if you think back, let's just put it into context for a moment. So you know Yeshayahu has sort of this uh, fiery uh, and confusing beginning, right? Uh, we had the whole discussion: Does it begin in Perak Aleph? Does it begin in Perak Bet? Does it begin in Perak Vav? Um, God's looking for a volunteer. This is Yeshayahu's uh, second tour of duty, so to speak. Um, We've seen the elegance of Yeshayahu's poetry. We've heard his 
uh, his uh, epistles to the nations. Um, and here tonight, uh, we're seeing a, and hearing a very, very different voice, starting with, Adinoi Elohai, Ata Aroimimcha, Odeshimcha, Kiasita Pele, Eitzot Merachok Emuna Omein. I'm uh, apologizing about the lack of screen. Uh, hopefully, we'll get that corrected. But listen to the words coming out of Yeshayahu. Now, uh, I would say at the beginning that if you're feeling a little bit confused about who he's speaking to uh, and when this is all happening, you're in very good company. Uh, we won't spend very much time looking at the different Mefarshim on this, but you can take your pick. Uh, this may be uh, addressed after the period of, the, of Nebuchadnezzar. It may be uh, spoken to Gogu Magog. Uh, it may be spoken uh, I- almost any time uh, when Jewish people are experiencing a Yeshua. But so personally, the opening words, God, my God, Ata, like think about Shimon Esrei, right? Baruch Ata, this is so intimate. Aromimcha, Odeshimcha, and then this incredible two words, Emuna Omein, which we'll dedicate one whole part of tonight to speak about. And he goes on to talk about the reason that he's giving such gratitude and such thanks is because Yushalayim and the Jewish people have been saved. We're going to have a dichotomy here. We're going to have a contrast that Yishayahu builds around the difference between the Jewish people, who we're going to see in a moment he refers to as Maoz Le'Evyon, Maoz Ladal. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is this tower of strength um, that's helped the, a poor and desperate nation in contrast to nations who are Aritzim. Uh, it's interesting, Yishayahu, we find Yishayahu, my, my grandson said to me, Zaidi, since you've been teaching Yishayahu and I've been learning it along with you, I've discovered that the entire Sidur is made up of words from Yishayahu. If you look at my review, you have, you know, uh, words about Aritzim, Aritzim, or people who are arrogant and they're also arrogantly cruel. You hear the Ashurim in the background, but, uh, you know, uh, we have a, a larger historical perspective, uh, perhaps, than Yishayahu, and we've, unfortunately, as a people, uh, when it's the Spanish Inquisition, the Germans, whatever we want to think about, there are certainly aritzim plenty in our history. You saved, you, you, you were this bastion of strength and protection for people who are impoverished, who have in the, in the heat, in the, uh, in the rain, any condition You've been there to protect us because Ruach Aritzim Kizerem Kir. Here, most of the Mefarshim uh, make reference here actually to the Assyrians and to, and to Nebuchadnezzar and to Sancheriv, uh, saying that this is a tidal wave of so, such great strength that was facing Yushalayim that it was a wave of such strength that literally could knock the walls down. And then all of a sudden, from this intimate beginning, uh, Yeshayahu moves into Achritayamim, where God is going to make a Mishtesh Shemanim, Mishtesh Shemarim. We're going to read about what that is. It's a very interesting, uh, funny kind of Suda, maybe a little bit like Suda Purim uh, in Esther's spirit, maybe a little bit different. 
Listen to this language. Uvila bahar hazepne halot halot al kol haamim. You know, uh, it's a good it's a good uh, time of year to talk about masks. But everything that Hakadosh Baruch Hu has veiled, we spoke it in the past. That we last week we spoke about God as as revealed and God in His star, and here the mask is off. The glove is is supposedly off, and the masecha. Uh, I don't have to tell you what that is in terms of Purim, right? Masechot um, are going to be removed, and all the nations of the world are going to get their due uh, the, in the background of what we read last week. And now listen to this. This is these psukim are psukim that unfortunately many of us are familiar to because we hear them lolen uh, when we have to go to a levaya. But we're going to get an entirely different view of this. God is saying through Yeshayahu that death will be, cease to exist. We're going to have to talk about what that means or what that might mean. God is going to wipe the tears over all those who are bereaved. God is going to wipe away all the shame, all the embarrassment, uh, all the, 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 the feelings of, of deepest psychological hurt, so to speak. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is personally going to wipe them away with his gentlest of hands. And here we have it again. Ve'amar bayom hahu. And bayom hahu turns up again. Um, we I, I promised myself I'm not going to spring into singing tomorrow, tomorrow, uh, but you'll think about it in the background as we move forward. There's going to be such an imminent revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that every Jew and Jewess will be able to point like you point to the chair over there in contrast. You point is something that's right present in your face, so to speak. We're going to point to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and say, this is the God. This is the Ebeshter that we've been waiting for to bring us the redemption. It's going to be that imminent, so clear, so unquestionable. And then he goes on to say, Shades of Perek Aleph and Perek Bet, where the, all the established orders of the world crumble. Uh, how timely and you know, uh, there were. I remember growing up uh, during the years of the Iron Curtain. Uh, one is hard to imagine any of the great world powers suddenly disappearing at the times that we live in. Uh, everything that we know it is suddenly is just falling apart. Uh, economies, uh, the, the the world is in such a state of shock, um, and this is just a precursor to what's going to be happening later, and then to the beginning of Perikhavav. In that day, on that day, there will be Hashir Hazeh. Those of you who have been preparing for Pesach, it's a, I know it's not always a good thing to mention the P word uh, this early in the month, but that having been said, uh, the, we know uh, when we come to the Haggadah Shel Pesach, there's a difference between Shira, which is Lashon Keva, which Chazal uh, envelop in the meaning of a woman giving birth, uh, uh, Lashon Keva, Shira is effortful, difficult. 
Shir is supposedly much more emotionally and physically economic. There's going to be a Shir Hazeh Beretz Yehuda, Iraz Lanu Yeshua Yashit Chomot Vachel, and then, so imagine, right? All of Yushalayim is a buzz with the Yeshua Pitchu Sharim. Yeshayahu is literally speaking to the walls of, of Yushalayim, the walls of heaven, and saying, Open up the gates of Yushalayim for whom? For the people who keep the faith. Shomer Amanim, Emunim, the people who have kept faith with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He goes on to talk more about the collapse of a. Yes. And then, let's give you the, the psukim that I'll be reading from here. Uh, we're in Pasukhet, is where I want to be. Pasukhet. Af oach mishpatech ladinoi kivi nucha. This is not only Yeshayahu davening and saying aromimcha Hashem, but he's talking about kivi nucha. We are, we are pining for you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Lishimcha uzichcha tavat nefesh. We are so desirous. We have such a deep and strong will to be closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Nafshi iviticha balayla. From his bed at night, Yeshayahu is seeking out and speaking in, in the name of the Jewish people. We are so desirous of a closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that in the nighttime, there are, are, the passion of our desire to be close to you doesn't wane at all. Afruchi v'kirbi ashacharecha. Until the morning time, the same depth of desire to be close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to be in that circle, to be part of the, the uh, Am Shomer Emunim, uh, is so intense. So, as you, as you hear the words here, this is not um, the fancy, flighty metaphors. This is, there are no threats here. There's no third person. This is very, very up close and personal, as they say. Looking to the last few psikim, Hashem batzar pekeducha tzakun lachash musalcha lamo. Yeshayahu imagines that God is got his ear bent over to listen to our tefilot. Kemo harat hakriv laledet tachil tizak bechavaleha kein hayinu mipanecha adunai. Like a woman in childbirth who's looking for and beseeching Hakadosh Baruch Hu to give her the strength to get through. This is the level of intensity. This is the, the, the intimate moment uh, that Yeshayahu is bringing us to here. And then going back to the same idea that we talked about before, when we talked about Bila HaMavet Lanetzach, the last few psukim, uh, again, refer to a kind of, a, a form of Tchiyat HaMetim, Yichyu Metecha, those who have departed will come back, 
nevelati yekumun, those who have passed on are going to rise, hakitsu v'raninu shochnei afar, kital orotalecha v'eretz refaim tapil, everything that is withered, every spirit that is in some ways weakened, is now gaining new strength and is coming alive. So from the din of the upheaval of the previous chapters, here we get a quiet, prayerful heart of Yeshayahu Navi. And the question that I'm asking, other than the one I asked earlier, is, you know, what does this tell us about Yeshayahu's relationship to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? What can we learn from this apparent silent transition from universal chaos to the sublime inner pleadings of the Prophet? Where is Isaiah drawing from? Where is this language coming from? What is the source of this power and passion? Now, even though you can't see the screen, I mean, I imagine you can see enough of my computer uh, because part one of tonight's shir is to remind you that who is Yeshayahu? He is Yeshayahu ben Amotz. The Gemara tells us, Amotz ve'amatzia achim hayu. So here's Amatzia. You can skip Atalia over here. But one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine generations back to David HaMelech. So the question is, is David HaMelech the Abba? Is he the spiritual father of Perik Hay and Chavav? So unfortunately I don't have the screen, but listen to these, listen to these words. I, I just drew from different Prakim and Tehillim. Perik Lamed, one that everybody who davens in the morning is familiar with. We started out, right, in Perik and Pasuk Aleph, saying what? Hashem Elokai Ata Aromimcha. What does that remind us of in Perik Lamed? Aromimcha Hashem, Kidilitani. Right? Velosi Machta Oivaili. It's an echo. Tovla Chasos Badunai Mibtoach Ba'adam. We talked about the gates opening of Yerushalayim for the Shomer Emunim Pitchuli Sharei Tzedek Avovam Odeya Odcha Kianitani Like the woman in childbirth Vatihili Lishua Eli Atavi Odeka Olhayomeka Perek Peitet Vioducha Shamayim Pilecha Af Emunatecha Bikahal Kedoshim the, the sense of loyalty, of amen, of people who are loyal to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ki sali umtsudati ata uleman shimcha techaneni utna aleni. Talk about the, the migdal oz, ma'oz appears here again all through Tehillim. O ma'al adunai machsi umtsudati Elohai eftach bo. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is this bastion that protects Yerushalayim. Also in Perik Tzadi Aleph. And finally, <laughs> it's hard to, to miss it in Perik Nundalid. David Amelech used the word Aritzim to refer to the people who are so arrogantly and so cruelly pursuing him. So, uh, the first question. Uh, I think we will leave in abeyance for you to think about a bit more about 
uh, what does this say about Yeshayahu's personal relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu? But in terms of the question, is there an inspiration, or is there a dotted line, if not a straight line, from David HaMelech down to Yeshayahu, I think that we can imagine that in his day, Yeshayahu had, a, uh, had said to him once or twice in his lifetime, uh, and was familiar. Now, I, I said to you at the beginning that we don't really know, I mean, you look through the Mepharshims, who is... Who is this being addressed to? Obviously, part of this is being uh, addressed to the Yoshevei Yerushalayim, to the Jewish people for an eternity. And then, who, who are the Aritzim? Who are these cruel, arrogant nations? So it might be Ninveh, it might be Ashur, it might be Edom, it might be Esav, it might even be Gogu Magog. But what we do have here is a contrast between a faithful nation, Shomer Emunim, and Goy Aritzim. So I wanted to caricature that in this second part here. And I want to go about it in a, in a particular way by saying that every, you know, when you think about the great nations of the world, even, the, even in modern times, we have a way of being defined by our leaders uh, and being defined by our prophets. Uh, how many of us grew up or thinking that everything about America was FDR? How many of us think about uh, uh, the Russian government as being Stalin, etc., uh, etc.? Et so here's a contrast between the prophets. The prophets of these Aritzim, uh, I've chosen to talk about Bilam. And I'll tell you in a moment why Bilam. And the other one would be Moshe. And what I'd like to suggest here is that uh, everything that, that um, and, and I would have to say that th these thoughts are not my own. Uh, I, I've taken them from uh, reading some incredible essays by Rav Moshe Shapiro, Allah Shalom, who said that everything about Bilam is about Rega. Now, for somebody who uh, thinks of himself as making living in the moment an art form, there's a downside to living in the moment. Because if you think about Bilam, why am I identifying Bilam uh, uh, here, well, he's the he's the prophet of the nations, right? Uh, we have a uh, we have a medrash that uh, that tells us that Hakadosh Baruch Hu uh, saw fit to give Bilam the same kind of gifts that Moshe Rabbeinu had, so that the nations wouldn't complain that we went astray because we had we had no great prophets. I gave you a prophet who was the equivalent of Moshe in his powers, so to speak. That's what the medrash says. Um, and interestingly enough, so, so what is Bilam's uh, magic? What is his skill? His skill is, according to the Gemara, famously, that he's able to mechavein the rega. He's be able to tell the moment when he might be able to, to plead his case. There's a moment, so to speak, of, of vulnerability or openness that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has. Uh, there's a moment when Bilam uh, can find a, a, a small window in the heavens to get to. So he's all about rega. And he's all about this moment. And what I'm proposing, uh, uh, or what Ramosha Shabir proposed, uh, really, is that uh, when people live for the moment, and all there is, the, the moment now, uh, people can be very cruel. They can say things, they can do things that are economic, parsimonious. They make the decision to the right, to the left. I'm going to do this right now. Uh, I'll think about the consequences later. They're not important. The mindset of a sociopath is very much what matters right now. In contrast, not just to Annie, but to Moshe Rabbeinu, there's always tomorrow. And I'd like to recast Bayom Mahu uh, as being our version of tomorrow. 
and the hope that carries tomorrow and what it means to, to live with a mindset and the conscience of everything that I say and everything that I do really does have a tomorrow. And tomorrow, in, 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 this, in these two prakim, has a very interesting idea in the context of Bayon Mahu, and another one that I'm going to point out in a moment. I wanted to say some things about Armon Zarim. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on them just simply to say that, uh, uh, as, as I mentioned before, uh, that uh, this is identified with the Jewish people as the being Dalevion. Uh, I'll read you just one Radak because he, he says it so beautifully uh, in terms of the, the bastion that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is and the force that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the... the, the um, the protection that he puts about around Yerushalayim and Jewish people for an eternity. <coughs> the power of the Goyim and their hatred of us is so strong that it could knock down a wall. They are so angry. They're so full of rage. Al Yisrael, they hate us so deeply. And if it weren't for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, really protecting us, uh, we really wouldn't have had a chance against all of the power of, of the nations. We read earlier the, the, the Pasuk that said that we are called Am Shomer Emunim. So uh, there's a Gemara uh, in Shabbos which famously says, well, well, actually before, excuse me, just before I get to that, so how does Rashi understand emuna uh, omein and the idea of shomer emunim? So emuna omein is in the first parak in Chafhei. It says Rashi, Eitzot she'ya'atzta me'rachok. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is very, very devoted to Klal Yisrael. He keeps his faith with us. With us. La'avraham bivrit b'na betarim. says Rashi that this is a reference to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's a two-way street, this loyalty and this, uh, this, uh, this, uh, this bargain and this, uh, this relationship that the Jewish people have with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Radak says, All the prophecies that you gave much earlier, they're all coming to pass. Uh, they have us not only a staying power, but they have an internal power. So we started to mention the Gemara uh, that w- in Shabbos, Kufyutes, Amoresh Lokish, Kol Haone Amen, Bechol Kocho, anyone who answers Amen with all of his he- energy and all of his strength and all of his kavana, Poschim Lo Wat, So think about some of the imagery that we've talked about before. The, the, uh, the gates of Yerushalayim opening up. Uh, the Kivrei Tzadikim opening up, the Pitchei Ganeiden opening up. Says Rashi Shomer, Shashama Vitsipa Begaluto Yamim Rabim Lemunotoshala Koroshbohu, Shayikayem Heftachato, Shayiftiach Alpin Veyav Legalam. So just like God faithfully keeps his promise, uh, we also have been very faithful by saying Amen. And what does Amen really mean? Uh, we know that Amen stands for El Melech Ne'eman. 
the God who is trustworthy. Um, so in the Schuss of the Shir, I wound up uh, looking at something that I've never seen before, a medrash called Medrash Otiyot Rabbi Akiva, where he says, Amr HaKadosh Baruch Beminat Emuna Barati Olam. I created the world in faith. That's the characteristic that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that, that he created... You know, we're very busy sometimes in philosophy, uh, not that I'm a philosopher, but philosophers are, love the question about why did God create the world? What was the purpose? And here's uh, the Medrash Otiyot of Rabbi Akiva uh, saying that HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, well, I'll tell you why. I, I had a, a, an idea that there would be a faithful contract that I could build with, with mankind. Uvmidat emuna ani atid not only did God create the world, but this renewal that all of Yeshayahu is telling about in Chavdalin and Chavhei are really bringing home. I mean, in order to think about the Yerushalayim being rebuilt, the gates of Yerushalayim opening wide to the Shomrei Emunim, all of that, this is a tremendous amount of renewal going on. And all of this is HaKadosh Baruch saying, you want to know why I'm doing that? The same reason I created the world, because I knew, I knew, says HaKadosh Baruch Baruch Hu, that in the end, no matter what world history did to people and to the earth that I created, there would people who would be steadfast in their faith and in their connection to me. Uh, I couldn't help it. Uh, you, you can hardly mention the word emunah without, without thinking about the Chazonish. Uh, he wrote a, a beautiful, uh, very small book on the difference between emunah and bitachon. Uh, his book really says a lot more about bitachon than it does about emunah. But I just wanted to read a line in the very, very beginning. It's actually the first line in the book uh, when he talks about the quality of faith. Listen to the words. Wait, so what are you differences between He wrote a whole book about that. Emunah, I'm saying, is pure faith. Bitachon is another thing. Too, too large for this sheer. Listen to his first, for his first, we're talking about emunah. Listen to his first sentence. Midat emuna hinitiadaka mi adinuta nefesh. Again, midat emuna, the quality of faith, hinitiadaka, is a very subtle inclination. Mi adinuta nefesh, that is in the in the in the most soft, the most delicate parts of a of a person's soul. What the Chazanush is is letting us know is that. Having faith is really a delicate matter. It, it, it rests on, 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 a, on a moment uh, where you say to yourself, yes, I know things are really rough right now, but there is a tomorrow, and it's a tomorrow that's Bayom Hahu, and we've seen lists and lists of Bayom Hahu. Listen to the Rambam uh, speaking uh, about this. Um, Uh, in If you want to know the secret of joy and happiness, this is a good time, a good month to really be marbe be'emunah, says the, the Rambam, this is the source, 
source of all happiness. Um, and v'chol de'aga atzavit mitgareshet, people who have deep faith, this chases away every kind of, of anxiety and sadness. I would be out of business, Baruch Hashem. V'chedvat Hashem mitmaleit b'chol mahuto shel adam. So, in the way that Yeshayahu presents this faith, it's not a static faith. Remember this prayerful stuff that we were talking about before, this very personal, Arumimcha, Hashem. So, uh, the Pasuk we read earlier said, Nafshi iviticha balayla, right? We, we explain that at night, even as we're going to bed, there's a strong pining for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I can't wait for the morning, the next day, to be able to, to be connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It says the Chovas Alvavos that this is a two-way street. We said it's a contract of faith. Listen to the Chovas Alvavos. As he goes on to say that the same way that we pine for our Kodesh Baruch Hu, and the same way that we have this faith that's so active, that's so alive and moving, that that, that enables and that engenders Hashkocha Pratis at a different level. So if you want to avoid uh, all the other things that we talked about before, um, uh, you want to be less anxious, you want to be happier. Uh, clearly what the Bali the, Musa the, uh, read into Chavdal al is that the faith that we can have is, is really there, um, and that's the, the main antidote. The part of the shir that I really was looking forward to the most is the part that comes here. So, we read the Pasuk. Uh, we know the Pasuk, unfortunately. Bilaha Mavet Lanetzach Umacha Adunai Elohim Dima Meal Kolpanim Vecherpata Mo Yasir Meal Kol Haaretz Kiadinoi Diber. Hakodesh Baruch Hu again is take, telling us that he's going to uh, put an end to death, he's going to wipe away tears, and he's going to, take, he's going to remove all shame, embarrassment, and humiliation. What an odd trio of troubles. Death, tears, and shame. The Ben Kol asks, Why in the world is Yeshayahu Navi taking on the Malach and telling us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to do away with the Malach And what an odd... Think about, I mean, this is one pasuk. I mean, you know, when you hear it, you know, Elena, at a funeral, you hear Bila Hamavet, but it's not just that. It's also the tears and the shame. What have these things got to do with it? And when do you ever hear, is there any resonance that comes to you when you hear about the, the end of death, all tears and pain being taken away, and all humiliation and embarrassment and shame being removed? Does it remind you of any moment in Jewish history? Anybody want to take a shot at it? You may think it's a stretch. I'll read you a Gemara in Shabbos. Maybe it'll seem like it's less of a stretch. Vamar Reb Yeshua ben Levi. 
כל דיבור ודיבור שיצא מפי הקדוש ברוך הוא, פחת is the address in Shas for Matan Torah, יצתה נשמתן של ישראל. Every word of the Ten Commandments, then when HaKadosh Baruch Hu spoke them out, people dropped dead. And the question that the Gemara wants to know is, well, how did they hear the next one? Well, they heard the next one because HaKadosh Baruch Hu took away the death, right? He took away, uh, as we know, the Gemara says that before Mahmoud Har Sinai, what happened to all the people, uh, all the slaves uh, who were uh, still wounded and carrying the wounds and scars of slavery? HaKadosh Baruch Hu healed all, everyone, so they came to Har Sinai, Tamim V'Shalem. And finally, where's the humiliation? Well, if you've lived through uh, having some short, fat, uh, aggravating uh, Egyptian uh, beating you, cursing you, and, and making things miserable for you, your ego uh, and your personality takes a very big hit. Uh, all we have to do is look at the history of the black people in the world and how many generations later the scars of slavery, literally and figuratively, are still part of the culture. At Har Sinai, HaKadosh Baruch Hu took the Jewish people, rose them to a very high level, and, uh, and he, the only thing that he asked at the end was Halvai, right, that the Bushad that they experienced uh, in their sense of their unworthiness to receive the Torah, you know, that can stay. But all other forms of humiliation and tears and pain should, should go away. doing time-wise here. I, I want to do two things here. It may be, it, it seems a little bit out of sequence. Um, so, I mentioned uh, Mora Barber's uh, husband, Binyamin Olavashom, and I spoke about Bilam earlier. I want to read you just a couple of his words on, on Bilam, uh, just so that his voice is heard in the shir. So, uh, so uh, Rabbi Yamin was uh, making reference to, to Bilam and to the, uh, the uh, medrash that we mentioned just before, um, and said uh, that uh, Bilam and Moshe were uh, in, in some ways equivalent and that uh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave, us Bilam, gave the nations Bilam as a, uh, so they wouldn't have a, uh, a, a taina, so to speak, they, they, that we never had anybody uh, like Moshe. So uh, he, he says there are three differences between the prophecy of Moshe and that of Bilam. How interesting. Moshe did not know who was speaking, and Bilam did know. Moshe did not know that he would be spoken to, and Bilam did. Moshe would stand during his prophecy, and Bilam would prophesy while prostrate. To what might this be compared? To a king's steward who knows how much is scheduled to go onto the king's table. And then he goes on to say just a, a little bit more about this, and then we'll move on to another point. In the context of this particular midrash, it appears that these differences, or at least the first two of them, listen how precise in this thought was, are clearly to the advantage of Bilam. It seems not simply to be comparable, but actually superior to Moshe. A full analysis might be attempted in discussing Bilam, which might then use the parallel 
but separate midrash which describes three ways in, in which way Moshe's prophecy was superior to Bilam. And he concludes this by saying that, uh, recalling Rashi's point that Moshe could elicit prophecy himself when the occasion demanded, um, and that, uh, by contrast, Bilam always had to invoke prophecy, as indeed we see through his onerous pre- preparations when he sought inspiration. So, we have a Bilam. We also have a Haman, and we spoke about Tchias HaMesim, uh, and there's just this very... I, I, I just have to touch on it because it's just a, a fascinating idea. So uh, the Gemara Megillah says that when Haman uh, threw the lots, he peeled pul hu agoral, that's what the Pasuk says, Tona, kevan shenofa pul b'chodesh adal, samach simcha gedola, amar nafali pur b'yer shemet bo Moshe. So the Gemara says that when Haman threw the lots, he thought he really got it. He figured out, and, and, and the connection to Haman here is not just only in Purim, because we talked about Bilam being Berega. Think about Haman's Rishus. He wanted to destroy all the Jews in one day. Literally, if he could have, in one moment. Okay? And so the Gemara says, well, but the thing that he didn't account for was the day of Moshe's Yartzeit, which was also in the month of Adar. And then Rashi says something that is a, an immense puzzle. Again, I'll, I'll mention it, touch on it also briefly. It says Rashi, Ubishivab Badar Nolad. Why do we care about the fact that how did Moshe's having a birthday in Adar affect anything? Dichtiv. And here it comes. Once more. It's sufficient for the, the, the birth to be able to give a kapara for the dead. What in the world does that mean? Ramoshis Shapiro says something. I'll try and just be succinct. It's an astonishing, amazing thought and inspiring. He says, you know, kol ladim lamut. Our destiny, as long as we're alive and breathing, is someday we will all die. That's the Seder HaOlam. The Seder HaOlam, the very same Seder, decrees that when you die, the next stop is you come to life again. And so Ramosha Shapiro says, How did, what does that mean? How did the dead come to life? He said, because every particle of us lives on. And when you look at your children and your grandchildren and anybody that you've ever taught and anybody whose life you've changed, according to the way Ramosha Shapiro understands this Rashi Megillah, that the death is not an end point. Death is actually the beginning point of a whole other process that's greater and larger than life itself. Finally, uh, the song that we played earlier. Um, 
the Gemara and Tainus, uh, people make uh, a siumim on Tainus, it's one of the siumim that uh, people find a little bit easier to make. So this Gemara may sound familiar to, as well as the Zohar Kodesh that goes with it. Amar Rabbi Lazar, Asir HaKodesh Baruch Hu Lassos Machol HaTzadikim, V'hu Yoshev B'nehem B'Gan Eden. So what happens, this is, this is how the Gemara and Tainus understands our parak. We said, God's going to be right there, everybody's going to be pointing at him, and the Gemara imagines this is a giant hora. And everybody is standing around, God is sitting in the middle of hora, and everybody's pointing and saying, see, see, this is, this is who we waited for, this is, this is, talk about the faith, talk about Shomer Amunim, this is, you literally pointed to it, Ba'etzba. You wonder why HaKadosh Baruch Hu said that he was waiting for this day. The Zohar, Amar Rab Yuda, Lo Hoisa Simcha Lefnei Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Miyom Shenivra Haolam, Keota Simcha Shatid Lismoch Imatzadikim Lo Olam Latid Lavo. Do we think about God as being in a state of joy? If you trust the Zohar, God's greatest day is that day that the same day we're waiting for. Again, the parallel, the balance. He's waiting too. We're waiting for Mashiach. He's waiting for the dance that comes afterwards. And then there's, there's a, uh, a phrase that I'm going to end with to complete the circle about this great dance. Um, we read a pasuk that, that talked about Yetzer Samuch. Uh, Yeshayahu is saying that Yetzer is our, our inclination. We know it famously from the idea of Yetzer Hara. But Yetzer Samuch in Yeshayahu's words, as I understand them, is that the, the tzaddikim, the people who are shomera emunim, um, we, we are so des- our, our inclination, our desire, is to be samuch, to be really close. I said to you earlier in the shir that when we look at chavhei uh, chavav, that we hear David HaMelech in the background. Yetzer samuch, to me, sounds an awful lot like dveikus. It sounds like David Amelech's Dvekus, this intense connection. So what happens in this dance? The end of that pasuk is that Yetzir Samuch Tatsur Shalom, and it ends in Batuach. I apologize again for the, for the screen not being up. But we have a minute here, and I'll read you what I, what I, I wrote here to tell you. If we under, uh, understand to, uh, I'm sorry, if we attempt to understand this as a desire to be close or near, this, tra- this translation evokes a more familiar concept. The concept that comes to mind is the Davidic use of dveikus. When we put the lens of the psalmist on Isaiah 26 and 25, we read that the righteous who clung to Hashem have their faith rewarded with safety and peace. According to the Gemara and the Zohar that we just read, the trio that define much of the human condition, death, tears, and shame, is replaced by a dance around the Almighty. The power of the moment is struck by the ability to be so near to the source of life that the tzaddikim will be able to point to their creator. The image of the dance reminds us of Hafachta mispadi lemacholi pitafta saki vatazreni simcha. This is a truly joyous, joyous dance. Finally, three more sentences. A circle dance, as opposed to a waltz or a tango, has its own centripetal pull. We're drawn to the center.
By its nature, it seems to draw us in, not out. This is particularly true of a circle that is made up of people who live in faith. People who live in faith pull towards the middle, not away. When we are in step with each other, we move more gracefully, unified, if only until the dance ends. Finally, the circle whose radius allows all of those in the circle to feel equally connected to the center is the stuff that restores those mired in shame to a place of connection and value. Thank you for coming, and we look forward to Perak Chavzayin. Yeah,